Thank you so much for joining us at Remnant Church Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by today's message. If you would like to know more or support this ministry, please go to remnantchurch.church. And now, the message from Pastor Caleb. Oh, hallelujah. Well, welcome to Remnant Church today. I'm not responsible for anything that God does, okay? And I'm telling you what he's going to do. He's going to bless you today. He's going to strengthen you today. He's going to deliver you today. He's going to set your feet free today if you want to be free. He's going to give you clarity of mind if you want clarity of mind today. He's going to bless you today. I said he's going to bless you today. Can anybody stand to be touched by God today, to be blessed by God today? Well, lift your hands towards me this morning because I, I, I'm just a messenger today. And I've got a great responsibility. Father, anoint me to bring your word today with boldness. I already sense that there's warfare going on in this place today. But greater is he that is in me than he that is in this world. I'm asking you to anoint me today and it be my mouth but your words, my mind but your thoughts in Jesus' name. And Father now, as you take your hand and lay it on yourself, I pray for my family, for friends, for those who are visiting with us today. God, for those who are watching as they lay their hands on themselves today, I pray that you would speak to them. God, from your word, give them revelation. Teach them Holy Spirit. And I pray, God, that they would not be comfortable with just hearing the word, but they'd want to be a doer of the word. And they would apply truth to their lives today. Spirit of God, bust the chains off of people today. Bust the door wide open, God. Break them out and break them loose, I pray, in the name of Jesus. Everybody said, Praise the Lord. Give the Lord one more hand clap of praise. Let him know you love him. You may be seated today. I got good news. In our nine o'clock service, we had the biggest crowd that we have had in two years in our nine o'clock service. We had almost 200 people in our nine o'clock service today. And that is a big deal. And uh, just getting up early and getting to church at that time of an hour is a big deal. But uh, you've got work to do, by the way. Uh, that, that service has grown. Uh, it bounced back from COVID, and it is doing as big as, big if, as it's ever been. And um, so num numerically speaking, and uh, I'll even say this, God is moving in a powerful way. I want to apologize, but I'm not going to because I don't want to that bad. But God was moving in such a powerful way today, and that's why you had to wait before you could get in here this morning. But I'll tell you what, I encourage you next time, if they're making you wait, just sneak around and get in the service because you'd be blessed. I'd just sneak around somebody, tap one of the security guys on the shoulder or something, and then go the other way. And uh, get in here, because it's better than hanging out in the parking lot, I promise you that. You won't offend me, and you'll be pr ready to go for the 11 o'clock service. But anyway, welcome. I'm glad you're here today. I want you to turn your attention to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. 
If you've been invited here today, if you're a guest here today, if you're new here today, if you just showed up today, nobody invited you, but you felt like, you know what, I need to go to church today, and you wound up here this morning, I want to welcome you today. Can we give our visitors a big hand this morning? You'll have to bear with me just for a second. My Bible is literally falling apart. And so I am trying to find out where I'm supposed to be here. So here it is, Ephesians chapter 6. I want to welcome those who are watching online too, and I would love for you to come and be a part of us in person. It's a lot different. Somebody say amen. 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 Ephesians chapter 6. Hey, did you see that bulldozer out there? Did y'all see that? Well, that's not got anything to do with that project out there. <laughs> the county came by and they said, uh, hey, we're clearing out. Actually, it does have a lot to do with it because we need that canal cleared out so that water can run off where it needs to go. And uh, so anyway, the county come by Friday and said, hey, uh, we're out here cleaning the canal. There's a humongous canal that runs right here. It runs under, the, under this highway and then it comes down here. All the water from the state patrol office and, and Walmart and all that flows down here, makes its way down here, makes, it, makes its way down here. So uh, they're cleaning that out and they said, hey, can we park our bulldozer uh, out here? And I said, yeah. I said, that'll cause a lot of stir. That'll cause a lot of stir. So we, yeah, go ahead. So anyway, that's parked out front. But very soon, very soon, uh, we will be breaking ground, I expect, in the next couple of weeks. So just be praying about that, that God give us favor. We're building a barn to hold all the souls that people are going to, the uh, people who are going to be saved and lives are going to be changed. Anybody believe that might be your family? That might be your friends? I believe so. Ephesians chapter 6, let's just get into this word. Finally be strengthened by the Lord and by his vast strength. Put on the full armor of God so that you can stand against the schemes of the devil. I want you to understand the attitude for just a minute and the thought here. He said put on the full armor of God. And in other words, if we're putting on armor, we must be going into a battle. I don't put on armor to go in the pool. I don't wear armor to go on vacation. If I'm going to put on armor, I expect I must be going to engage in some battle. Engage in a fight. And I want you to understand this. I'm not going to break this down in the Greek today. I'm not going to tell you some amazing revelation from these scriptures. I'm not. But I want you to understand what Paul is telling the Ephesians and God is telling us today. There's a battle. There is a spiritual fight going on. Let me continue. Put on the full armor of God so that you can stand against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this darkness, against evil spiritual forces in the heavens. For this reason, take. Take up. Take it up. That sounds violent to me. Take it. You need to put on the armor of God. Don't dare think you aren't in a battle today. There's some important things I get from this text, and this is number one, you're in a battle. Number one, I'm in a battle. We are in a fight, and we need armor. 
Number two is this. It tells me who my enemy is not. You are not my enemy. Flesh and blood is not my enemy. I'm not fighting against them. I'm fighting the spirit that's in them. You're not fighting your children. You're fighting the spirit that's attacking your children. You're not fighting your husband. Your husband's not fighting you. Your husband, you're not fighting your wife. You're fighting the spirit that is working. in. You don't have marriage problems. You have a spirit problem. I said you have a spirit problem. You don't have a marriage problem. You don't have a relational problem. You have a spirit problem. You are fighting spirits. You must understand here that you are in a war. You must understand who your enemy is. It's not the flesh and blood. It's not the person. It's the spirits that's working in the person. You must understand that there is a world that you cannot see that's fighting against you. When you got saved, you didn't go on vacation. When you got saved, you enlisted in an army. When you got saved, you picked up a shield. When you got saved, you picked up a sword. When you got saved, you put on a helmet. When you got saved, you put on a belt holding everything together. You put on shoes that a warrior would fight. When you got saved, you enlisted in an army. All of hell wants you destroyed and wants to kill you. But I want to remind you that whose armor you've got on. You've got on not your armor. You've got on the armor of Almighty God. You're not fighting in your own strength. You're not fighting in your own power. You're fighting in the Spirit of God, with the Spirit of God, strengthened by the Spirit of God, anointed by God, and wearing His armor. I want you to. I want to continue reading. I want you to continue reading. For this reason, take up the full armor of God, verse thirteen, so that you may be able to resist in the evil day, and, and having prepared everything. To take your stand, stand therefore with truth. With truth like a belt around your waist. Righteousness like an armor on your chest. Feet sandaled with the readiness of the gospel of peace. And in every situation, don't, don't you leave the shield at home. Take up the shield of faith in which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit which is the word of God. Pray at all times in the spirit. And with every prayer and request, stay alert. With all perseverance and intercession and for all praying for all the saints. Now, I'm not going to break down what the belt means and what the helmet means. There's a lot of preachers who have done that and they make a series out of that. And I, I don't know. I don't know if that's even the thought here. I think the thought is Paul wants you to know you are in a fight. You are in a battle. And if you don't think you are and you're saved... You will be a casualty of war. You can pretend all day long like you're not in a battle. Don't be surprised when you're knocked off your feet. And then you start fighting the wrong enemy. You've mistaken your brother for your enemy. You've mistaken your husband for your enemy. 
You've mistaken your wife for your enemy. You've mistaken me for your enemy. I'm not your enemy. Right now, other than God, I'm the best friend you got in this whole building because I'm telling you the truth today. Because I'm trying to alert you and awaken your mind that you are in a battle, you are in a fight, and you've got to stand and everything's going to come against you, but you've got to stand. You've got to hold up a shield. You've got to stand in faith. You've got to pick up your sword, and you've got to realize that your soul hangs in the balance. You're in a battle. And your home is the battlefield. Look at me. Look at me. Your home is the battlefield. Your children are the enemy's spoils. Your marriage is the spoil of the enemy. Children, your peace, your joy, there's a battle going on. There's a fight going on. And you can, you can get in the fetal position and pretend like there's nothing going on or you can be a man and a woman of God and stand up and take the fight to the enemy. Oh yes, there's a fight going on. What should I do? Fight back. Give me somebody who will fight back. You may not swing the hardest, but swing. You may not kick the hardest, but kick. You may not be the best prayer warrior, but pray, baby, pray, baby, pray. You may not be the best singer, sing, baby, sing, baby, sing. You may not have the most loudest shout, but shout with a voice of triumph. Fight back. I'm going to preach whether you help me or not. I'm burdened with truth today. It's time to fight back because the battlefield's not on a foreign land somewhere in, 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 in Vietnam or in Iraq, somewhere in the Middle East. The battlefield is in your home. And I want to preach for the next few moments on this thought. Home invasion. Your home has been invaded. I said your home has been invaded. I want to take you back to the very, are y'all with me this morning? I want to take you back to the very first home invasion found in Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3, Adam and Eve. They've got everything they could ever want. God told them, only gave them only one, one rule. He said, don't eat from this tree. You can have everything else. You can eat off of every other tree, but don't you touch this tree. These trees, these, don't touch them. They are enjoying themselves. They are enjoying life. And the serpent shows up. Now the serpent was the most cunning of all the wild animals that the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Did God really say you can't eat from any tree in the garden? By the way, he don't have any new tricks. He's still questioning everything God ever said. He's trying to cause you to question everything God ever said. Go back. God said, did, or the servant said, did God really say that? Can you, you can't eat any tree in the garden. Did he really say that? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat the fruit from the trees in the garden, but 
about the fruit of the tree in the middle, that, that tree you're talking about in the middle of the garden, God said we can't eat it. Now we must not eat it or touch it or you will die. Then the serpent said, no, 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 no. You won't die. No, it'll be okay. Anybody heard the snake? You'll be okay. You won't die, the serpent said to the woman. In fact, God knows that when you eat it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. The woman saw that the tree was good for food and delightful to look at. And that it was desirable for obtaining wisdom. So she took from its... Mm -hmm. I want you to notice something. Before she took, she... Let's do it again. Before she took, she looked... Before you ever take, you're looking at it. Mm, come on, somebody. Before you take, you stare. There's some relationships you'd still be in if you wouldn't have looked. See, before you ever touch it, you're going to look at it. Come on, somebody. And Satan is, knows that if he can get you to look at it, if he can get you to stare at it, you'll think that what's over there is better than what you got over here. Help me, somebody. But I'm telling you right now, it ain't. It ain't. It's a lie of the enemy. I said it's a lie of the enemy. You better stop staring at it. You better stop looking at it on Facebook. You've been looking at her too long. You've been looking at him too long. If you can't handle it, hang it up. Get off. Delete it. Quit tweeting. Quit tweeting. Keep Snapchatting. If you're struggling with scrolling, stop getting on Facebook altogether. Stop looking. Do you hear what I'm saying? Stop looking at it. Stop wondering if they're still home. Stop, stop wondering what they're doing at home. Stop wondering about it. Get in your business. Get in your house. Stay in your home. Satan's trying to get you to look at it. You'll visualize something. You'll make it something that it's not. And it'll look appeasing and appetizing. But when you bite into it, you're going to see that it's sour. You're going to see that it's rotten. You're going to see that it's going to bring death. I'm telling somebody right now, get your eyes off of it and get your eyes back on him am I missing it stop looking at it she looked at it before she ever touched it I can't get off of that she looked at it before she ever touched it you think it's okay Lot looked back and what happened to her. Lot's wife looked back what happened to her. It's always that second look. Hallelujah. You say, all right, pastor, I looked and I've touched. Well, guess what? God is a God of restoration and if you'll surrender to him today, if you'll repent to him today, he'll forgive you of every sin. He'll make you clean. He'll make you whole. He'll deliver your soul. Did I tell you I'm the best friend you got in here? 
Ariel, did I tell you I'm the best friend you got in here today? Because I'm going to tell you the truth. Whether you get mad or not. Oh God, I'd rather you be mad now than make it to heaven than to be happy with me and to wind up in hell. I'd rather you be holy than be happy. So she took some of its fruit and ate it. And then she gave it to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they knew they were naked. They sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden at the time of the evening breeze and they hid from the Lord. Hid from God. You know what I hear? What I see? I see this snake brought on three things. He brought on confusion. Did God really say it? Then he, he caused perversion. Did God really mean it? And then he brought fear. They hid from the Lord. Here I read of the first home invasion. It wasn't a burglar. It was a snake. This morning I want to, I want, I want to suggest to you today, you got a snake in the house. Your home has been invaded. Your garden has been invaded. Your mind has been invaded. There's a snake in your house. I said, there's a snake in your house. There's a snake in your, while you were sleeping, you weren't alert, you weren't battling, you weren't fighting, you were on a spiritual vacation, and a snake slithered up into your house. A snake slithered up into your home. I want you to look what happened. I, I've read this story so many times and I got in my mind by not looking at it, like just going right back to it and reading it word for word that Adam was somewhere away from Eve when she was speaking to the serpent. But that is not what the word says. The word says that Adam was with her. He let a snake slither right up in his house. Hear me, men. While you ain't being a man, the snake has slithered up in your house. Your wife is trying to deal with something she ain't made to deal with. Your wife is being made to deal with something she's not made to handle. You're the man of God, but you've been sleeping spiritually. You've been on vacation, and a snake has slithered into your house. And you haven't been there. You should have said, you, Adam should have said, don't eat that. You know what God said. But Eve said, here, take some. Adam said, and bit into the apple. My God, it's time to run out the snakes in our home. Men, for the love of God, put up the PlayStation. For the love of God, put up your toys and man up. Man up. You love your wife? She's going to be the spoil of war. 
Satan's going to raid your camp and he's going to run into your home. And he's going to bring her with him. You love your children? They're watching you. While you're asleep, the snake has slithered into their bedroom and slithered into their mind and they're thinking things they never would have thought if you would have stood guard at your door to keep the snake out of your house. But your mind is full of snakes. Your phone is full of snakes. But it's time to run the snakes out of the house. Time to run the snakes out of your mind, out of, the, out of your home. This is a fight. You've got armor. It's to use. You've got a sword. And it's to cut the head of the enemy off. There was a snake coming in this bathroom the other day. It was in the woman's bathroom. It was a snake. It wasn't a big snake. It was a little snake. What is it? I say something I wasn't supposed to? You're just laughing because there was a snake? Well, there was. And they said, come get, somebody said, hey, there's a snake in here. Well, what did you do, pastor? I'd like to told you that I took it by the hand, my hand, and said, come here, you demon, and grabbed it. But I didn't. You know what I done? I used my armor. I opened up the closet. I looked for anything that I thought could defeat a snake. I thought I picked up a shot back. I said, I suck it down. I said, no, that won't work. I got a dustpan. I wound up with the handle of a mop. And I slammed open that door. I said, there ain't no snake gonna be in my church. There ain't no snake gonna bite the daughters of God. Help me somebody in this house. I grabbed my broken mop. Uh, 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 the handle and I opened the door and I looked at that snake and that snake said I said ah the devil is a liar I reared back like Tiger Woods and I hit it in the face I knocked it up against that wall I knocked it up against that wall I knocked it into the foyer and I reared back one more time with the double doors open in the foyer and I knocked it all the way out to the sign in the front yard I'm telling you you don't play with the devil you don't play with snakes you don't play with snakes. Some of y'all made a pet out of a snake. You got snakes in the house, you leave them there. You've hit them. You, you think you've domesticated your sin wrong? You think you've domesticated it wrong? You think you got a pet wrong? It's got you. Let me tell you about three kinds of snakes that have invaded our homes. Our homes. How can you preach this, Pastor? Like you know what you're talking, like you know me. Well, I pray to God that He gives me a word for you. And you're here, and this is the word, so you need to receive it. Maybe this ain't you, maybe it's somebody you know, maybe it's a friend of somebody you know. But I'm telling you right now, I, I know enough to know that we got some snakes in our house, and it's time to run them out. It's time, here's three snakes. Here's three snakes. The first snake that invades our home, y'all, is the snake of confusion. The snake of confusion. Listen, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 that God is not the author 
of confusion. He is the prince of peace. Do you hear me? Do you hear me? Everything is being confused. Your mind is confused. Your relationships are confused. You talk to each husband and wife, you talk to each other and you say, I don't understand what you're saying. I don't get what you're saying. You don't get where I'm from, coming from. Well, you know what happened? A snake of confusion got into your home. A snake of confusion got, you know, it didn't just stay at the front door. No, it slithered, it, it slithered itself into the rooms of, of your children and your children are confused sexually they don't know who they are they, they're a man but they think they're a woman they're a girl and they think they're a man they are confused do you hear me a snake of confusion has got in your house how did that happen well you, you let him in how did I let him in you watch people have sex on television you watch males and males have sex and females and females have and you say well I didn't do it no but you looked at it you looked at it and you might as well have done it and you've let the snake into your home and you are a defeated coward. I like watching it. Well, it likes watching you. You've let a snake into your house. Did I tell you I'm your best friend? I'm going to tell you the truth. You think you can watch anything and listen to anything and be around anything and laugh about everything? Like everything? Y'all know I don't preach like this all the time. So you're going to have to give me grace today. But I've never felt like I've failed. I've never had an urgency like I've had, like I got right now, to make sure you got everything right between you and God. You've let the snake into your house. And it's messed with your children's minds. It's messed with your minds. You're questioning now everything you ever always knew to believe was true. You're questioning the gospel. You're questioning the word of God. You're, you no longer believe that, that God, Jesus, is the only way to heaven. Now you're believing, well, you know, I've got friends. I've got friends. You know, they're good people, and, 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 and they don't necessarily believe in Jesus, but I just can't see that, that God would send them to hell. No, God would not send them to hell, but they'll make a choice to go there. If they deny Jesus, they'll make a choice to go there. If they deny Jesus, they'll make, they'll make their home there in hell. But you're confused. Yeah. The snake of confusion has went to your house. He has set up shop in your home. Our homes have become the epicenter of confusion. That ain't the only snake. The second snake I want to talk about is the snake of perversion. The snake of perversion has slithered into your home and he slithered into your bedroom. Perversion, the snake of perversion has slithered into your home. What is perversion? It's twisting the truth. It's got a little bit of truth in it, just enough to get you to believe it. Students, you better listen to me. I'm telling you right now. You know, our students don't want no watered down 
form of godliness. They want something real. They want something real. They don't want churchianity. They don't want smoke and lights and click track. That's good. That's wonderful. That's great. But that's not what reaches the lost. That's not what reach, reaches the broken. They want a real gospel and a real truth. And I want to tell you, I want to tell you students right now, hold on, hold on. There is a lamb. His name is Jesus. He is the son of the living God. And he's as real as real can be. And he loves you. And I want you to be radical for him. I don't care if your parents are. You get right. I don't care if they're not seeking God. You seek God. And parents, can I tell you, it's time to rise up and run the snakes out of your house. A snake of perversion has slithered in New York hallway and God's word's been perverted. You've perverted God's grace to believe you can do anything you want to. And the Bible tells us in Titus that grace says it teaches us to live that grace teaches us to live righteously and soberly but you've turned it into a license to sin. You have perverted God's gift of covenant marriage, which is sex. And you have perverted it, and you have turned God's gift into a one-night stand. And you think it's just, it's just, I just got to release passion. You ain't releasing nothing, but you're receiving a whole lot having sex with everything that lays around, everything that can spread their legs. I'm telling you, you better straighten up, sober up, and get right and run the snake out of your house. It ain't okay. You will not get God. I don't care. Your God, maybe, but not the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Caleb Lancaster, and of this word of God. You will not get him to sign off on your immorality and the snake of perversion. He will not do it. See, I done, I'm personal now. I told you I got this. This is personal because right across this hallway, is, or right across this wall, if you could walk through it, is my office. And I've done, prayed with, cried with people who understand that sex is just on a one-night stand. When you allow the snake of perversion to get is this okay? You don't want me to talk about sex? You better let me talk about it because everybody else is talking about it. And I'm going to be your friend and I'm going to tell you the truth. It ain't just laying around with somebody. Listen, I know people who when you, when you lay with them, when you lay with them, you don't leave them in that bed. You are tied together on a spiritual level, level whether you want to be or not. But there's deliverance. There's restoration. But you got to get tired of the snake. You got to get the snake of perversion out of your house. Are y'all listening to me today? We have made homosexuality. In our family, we believe that it's okay to be a homosexual. Well, I'm glad your family is not the word of God. Because it ain't right. The snake of perversion tells you that homosexuality is just an alternate lifestyle. No, it's not. 
It's, it's, it's a sin just like thievery. It's a sin just like gossip. And I don't okay. Do you okay people that say, let me ask you this. Do you say, oh, you stole. Oh, you stole that from Walmart? Yeah, I did. Oh, that's okay. Yeah, I'm a thief. Okay. Are you happy being a thief? Yeah. I feel like that's my natural way. Well, they go on stealing stuff then. Hey, I live. Well, I tell them where I live. They might be. <laughs> Not after this message. No way. It's okay. Just steal. Hey, it's, if you feel that way, no, you don't. You don't say that, do you? Then why are we damning people to hell? Why are we damning people to hell? Tell them it's okay and they're okay in their sin. Go ahead and sin all you want. Do what you want to do. Do what feels good. No, you know what happened? And I'll tell you, not only has the snake slithered in our homes, the snake has slithered in this church. The snake has slithered in some of y'all's Holy Ghost sanctified minds and you think you're okay, but I'm telling you, you are deceived in Jesus' name and you got to get the snake out of your mind today. You're a cloud without water. You're an abomination to God. You have a form of godliness, but you have no power. You're the farthest thing from Him. Well, the Old Testament's the only thing, the only place in the Bible that talks about homosexuality. Are you a fool? Paul writes about it three to four times. It's just a bad habit. No, it ain't. It's sin. You know what's also perverse? You know how I know the snake of perversions come in our families and come in our homes of people in this church? Because your parents, that your, your, your children tell you what to do. The snake of perversion has got in your house. And they've twisted the truth. The whole parent, uh, uh, the whole uh, 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 children honor thy father and mother. You've been twisted. It's been twisted around, and now it's parents try to make your children happy. The snake of perversion has entered into your house. The truth has been twisted. You say, Pastor, why are you preaching on this? Because your life's jacked up as a result of it. Your life is jacked up. Your children's lives are jacked up. And you are the only one that has the power to run the snake out of your house. Not only is there a snake of confusion in your house, a snake of perversion possibly in your house, but here's the last one I want to talk about, and that is the snake of fear. Now listen really good. What I'm about to say, I told you I'm your best friend in here this morning. And I still am. And I love you. And what I'm about to say, I'm not downplaying any illness you've got in your life. But I'm going to tell you the truth because the truth is the cure. One in five people suffer with anxiety today. 40 million people in America deal with anxiety disorder. Now listen. I'm not downplaying it. 
I'm not saying it's not real. I'm not saying that you don't face it. In fact, here recently, I had all hell assail me. I've never dealt with anxiety or fear or anything like that to the place where it bothered me physically. But I felt my heart beginning to race as I knew this spirit had come upon me. I felt my heart racing. I felt my, my blood pressure rising. And I knew it was a spirit of fear. I'm not downplaying it. I'm not saying it's real. But I want to tell you the truth so that you can get well. One in five people suffer with anxiety. 32% of students between the ages of 13 and 18 have anxiety disorder. Listen to me. One out of three people, teenagers, excuse me, say they battle with anxiety. I want to tell you what it really is. It's a spirit. The spirit of fear. The Bible says... I have not given you the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Here's the problem, y'all. You can't medicate a spirit. You can't medicate a spirit. You can't counsel a spirit. You got to cast a spirit out. I said, you've got to counsel, cast a spirit out. And that's what I'm not saying you don't feel anxious, but I'm saying it's a spirit of hell. It is a snake of fear, and it has come to suck the life out of you, suck the joy out of you. Don't you wear it like a badge. Don't you go around and say, I got anxiety, I got anxiety. No, say, I got peace and I got freedom that comes from the Lord Jesus Christ. Why will you listen to the doctor before you listen to me? Do you believe this? Why do you run everywhere except running to him? Because a snake has slithered into your home. The other day, last week, Holly said, hey, I got a letter. If you're a teacher in the school system, I thank God for you. And I love you. And I think you're doing a great job and you're doing all that you can do to try to give these students, especially those who are right here in this church, you're doing all you can do to reach students and love students that aren't being loved. A lot of them don't know what even love is. And I say thank you so much. But there's a coming a time where you're either going to compromise or you're going to have to quit. Because they're peddling and indoctrinating our students. She got a letter. She laughed. And let, let me say again, I'm not downplaying your anxiety. I'm giving you a cure today. 
said, I got a letter today. Abriel brought home a letter. I was thinking, oh, well, that's great. She said, she's got a letter today from her, from the school. She said, listen to it. Do you feel like your child is stressed, worried, maybe suffers from anxiety? Y'all, my child is in fifth grade. We're bringing over the school psychiatrist. And they'll get you in a class and help you. They have their place. But I'm telling you, friends, this is an indoctrination of your kids. What they want to get my little Abrielle, who's in fifth grade, who the most the only thing she worries about is what's for supper. And they want to get her up in a room somewhere with some stupid book with a happy face and a smiley face. How do you feel? They want to indoctrinate our kids and she'll walk out of there and say, I got anxiety. I'm a, I got worried. I'm worried. I'm nervous. You know what I said? She said, what you want me to do with that? I said, what you, do you want her to go? She laughed. I said, Hell, no. She ain't going to no psychiatrist. She ain't going to be indoctrinated. Hell, no. Hell, you can't have my kids. Hell, you can't have my family. Hell, you can't have the students in this church. No way. You know, they call it a mental illness, and I'm glad. Finally, they got something right, because it is an illness. And I'm glad they called it an illness, because if you can give it a name, God's got a cure for it. He is the great physician. God can cure you of any issue and any problem. I'm not saying you don't need medicine. I'm not saying you don't need something to keep your heart rate down. But I'm telling you this. You need to give it to God. Run the snakes out of your home. Run the snakes out of your marriage. Run the snakes out of your house. It's time. You hear that? That's what God put in you. Joy. Peace. Today, and God wants to restore that back to you. Musicians and singers, come stand with me all across the building. I want to ask you, do you like your snakes? One of the greatest...
conversion stories I've heard out of this church. A young lady was in a Dollar Tree or a Dollar General or something like that. She told me this. She said a lady come up to her and said, you're depressed. You're sad. And the Lord told me to tell you the reason you're depressed is because of the stuff you've let into your life and your house. She said, it's time to get everything out of your home and everything out of your house that is dark. That doesn't line up with God's word. She didn't know this lady from, from a stranger. She had no clue who this person was. The lady left, walked away. What she didn't know about this, about her, the lady telling me the story, she was involved in witchcraft. Not the dark kind. It's all dark, y'all. And some of y'all just said, oh no, but it's in your house right now. Confusion, perversion, fear is from Satan. Where are the singers and the musicians at? I'm telling you right now, you could, you could gawk at it and, and be whatever. But if you, if you walk away today, knowing there's sin in your home and sin in your life and sin in your mind, there's snakes in your home and snakes in your house and snakes in your mind, that you've allowed the snakes to slither into your house and into your home and you walk out of here this morning, you're no different. Today you've heard a message. Today you can be free. Today you can fight back. Today you have the armor of God. You are made to get the snake by the neck and get it out of your house. And be free from the demonic oppression. Or you go right back to the snake today and you pet it. But hear me. If you don't deal with the snake, the snake will deal with you. She said, get everything out of your house. Detach yourself from everything. That is not of God. That is dark. That was months ago. She comes to this church every week. I've baptized her. She's a child of God. The Lord is restoring things in her life. And I'm telling you, God can do the same thing for you.
If you're ready to get the stuff out of your house, if you're ready to get the snakes out of your house, if you're ready, I want you to step out in faith. Come down to this. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Anybody suffering with mental illness in your mind? I believe God can heal you today. I believe God can heal you today. Come to this altar. Step out. Step out. Step out. Get the snakes out. Fight back. Fight back. Come on. Fight. Fight back. Anybody else? You may have pride. Pride. Oh, you're going to hold on to pride. What you going to do? you going to baby your snake? Okay. You better get down here and get free today. I'm running it out of my house. I'm running it out. Right now, get free. Get free in the name of Jesus. God set them free now. This is how I fight my battles. In the name of Jesus. I'm getting it out of my house today. This is I'm getting free today. In the name of Jesus. This is how I fight. Get the snake out today. Pray, church. Lift your hands. Lift your hands this way. Lift your hands this way. In the name of Jesus. Give me prayer warriors. Give me some people who lay hands on some people right now. Come on. Cast the fear. Cast the fear out. The snake out. This is how I find my battles. 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 Oh, it may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Oh, it may look like I'm surrounded, but Jesus. I'm surrounded by Jesus. You. Jesus. Ooh, Jesus. It's gotta go. It's gotta go. It's gotta go. Out of my home, out of my house. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Let me tell you what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. This is a reckoning day. You don't want to miss this moment. You do not want to miss this moment. 
If you don't deal with the things that are dealing with you right now, if you don't run the snakes out of your home, they're going to run you out of your home. They're going to run you out of your home. You think you've endured pain? You haven't seen pain yet. You think you've endured strife? You haven't seen strife yet. You think you've endured difficulty? You haven't endured difficulty. Right now, the grace of God is wanting to spare you today. Get the snakes out of your home. Get the, you're down here at this altar. Don't you get up until every snake's had his head cut off in the name of Jesus. If God's still dealing with you, I'm begging you, come. I'm begging you, come. I'm begging you, come. Jesus. Like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Oh, it may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by say It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Oh, it may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm We hope that you were encouraged by today's message. If you were, please feel free to share on social media, subscribe, or leave us a review. We can't wait for you to join us here again.